Hey everybody, welcome to the Covenant Podcast today. Um, thanks for tuning in and joining us. We are so glad that you are with us. A um, couple things real quick before we get um, into uh, today's guest. Um, we are going to be in week six of our Seven Deadly Sin Sermon Series. This week, last week, we talked about envy, and this week we're going to talk about sloth. And um, so hope everybody can join us from that. And then uh, the following Sunday, we'll have Father's Day, and uh, we're going to have some special treats for all the fathers out there. So um, hope that you can join us. Um, but today we have um, a good friend of mine who is joining us um, from Nashville, Tennessee, um, the Reverend Kip Rush. Hey, Kip, how you doing? Hey, Dwayne. Hey, just hanging in there. Um, so I know you, Kip. Uh, we're good buddies, but uh, for our audience out there, um, tell us a little bit about um, where you're serving and what's going on with your ministry. Well, I am the pastor of the Brent Haven Church in Brentwood, just south of Nashville, which is a unique congregation. It is the combination. Presbytery came in about 17, 18 years ago now and, and combined two churches and said, okay, we want y'all to come together and create a congregation and so two long-standing churches ironically enough that ages ago were actually one church had over the ages split and now have come back together uh they just re you know they just kind of formed two churches and relocated and now they're coming back together mm-hmm. so um i've been the pastor here now for 17 years and uh have gone through the stages of bringing two congregations together and building a building and then really trying to figure out who we are in a community yeah. quite frankly there are a lot of churches i mean yeah. i got like 40 churches on our road yeah. so yeah i could i could test for the first time i came at, uh, to your church and i drove up the I don't, what's that road that your church is on and it's like yeah every every, every time you turn around left or right there's a church there's a church there's a church <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, but no, but I think the story that you just told about, you know, two churches, I mean, because, you know, what's one of the stereotypes of churches? We're setting our ways and we don't want to change. Um, coming together yeah. and, and doing something together is just a beautiful story in itself. Yeah, and I really think that I think National Presbytery should be th- should be uh, applauded for their, their wisdom and insight and in saying, hey, we see two churches that have viable ministries, but one was landlocked and the other one was an, more of an aging congregation. And they were trying to figure out, okay, how can we make a viable, con- you know, Cumberland Presbyterian presence in the area? Mm-hmm. And so they did it. And, and it's been a, it's been a real blessing. It really has. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's, a, that's kind of a model that other presbyteries can use, you know, as we kind of struggle, how we have this church and we have this church and they're both struggling. Um, well, here's an idea. Maybe we can do more together, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of letting go of of uh, I guess the best way to say it, it it takes a lot of letting go of your pride. Yeah. To do so. Wow. Well, cool. Um. So so here's let me let, just kind of run down why you're on here. Um. 
uh, or why I reached out to you. Uh, part of our podcast that we're doing is is hearing um, people's discipleship journeys, and and one of the things that that we've talked a lot about here at Covenant is being a better disciple, um, a better follower, a better learner. And we believe one way to do that is to hear other people's stories. And it was back in was it November, Kip, when they had. Yeah. Okay, so we had um, the Cumberland Presbyterian Church has uh, a thing we call it the symposium, um, which is usually at Kip's church, and um, uh, and it's just uh, workshops of from anything you can imagine in the church, and it's a wonderful thing that we put on. Well, because of of COVID, it was all online this past November, and Kip was doing a workshop. And at the time, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know what the name of the workshop is. I was just like, hey, I got a buddy doing a workshop. I want to tune in. But it was so cool um, what you guys are doing in your church. And I was like, I want Kip to come tell our congregation about a discipleship. Basically, it's a discipleship training program that you have for your youth. Yeah, that's basically what it is, exactly. Um, so you got to understand, I— when I felt called the ministry, I never felt called to be the pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. I always felt called young people. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been a passion of mine anyway. It still is today. And as I tell, have told the congregation numerous times, God and I are still arguing over what I'm supposed to be doing. And <laughs> God may win in the long run one way or the other. Um, and so, uh, so I've always loved working with young people. Mm-hmm. But I remembered growing up in the church the day that my sister and I joined the church. And, and I don't remember a lot of – I remember – the day it happened because it was one of those deals. See, I'm one of these kids that when the church was, you know, we just always went to church. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. you know, dad didn't, but mom made sure we went to church. So I didn't have one of those experiences or anything. And when we went up and professed faith and joined the church, mm-hmm. my sister and I were pushing each other out going, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> but, but to be honest with you, I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't have a clue. Right. As I started, when I did move into a pastoral role, and actually while I was working with teenagers, I began to realize that we want to do programming for teenagers, and we want them in the church. Mm-hmm. But what we want to mainly do is we want to talk about, you know, we talk about things they need to hear about, you know, peer pressure and right. and Bible studies and all that. But we want them to be a part of the congregation. And the question is, how do they learn to do that? Mm, yes. And so we, I started looking at ways of trying to figure out a way to help them get to a place to where they understood some of the basics of what it meant to be a church, a church member, mm-hmm. a disciple. Um, it's real easy to say, oh, yeah, you just do whatever Jesus wants you to do. Well, we all know that ain't easy. Right. We all have problems. Right. And there are responsibilities when you become a church member. You know, you, there, there are some things like, you know, what is offering? What is, uh, what is, you know, what is this deal about elders and all this? And so we started um, a number of years ago, uh, Bob Phelps wrote a deal called Making Disciples, which was published by the, by the Board of Christian Education. Mm-hmm. And I took that and a couple of other things and combined them. Now, I came up with a, we could just call it confirmation class. And that's a lot of people have a lot of, a lot of problems with that term mm-hmm. because it's so, Confirmation was one of those things that you found in the Roman Catholic Church or an Episcopal Church and go, oh, we're not one of them. Right. But but to me and for them, confirmation is a really important step in that journey. You know, for those for those uh, denominations, it is something that they are all but required to go through. Mm -hmm. 
information, what I wanted it to be was an opportunity for us to sit down and to talk about Scripture and, you know, the fact that we have an Old and New Testament, the fact that, you know, uh, the Jewish faith plays an important part uh, and, we, you know, where Jesus comes from and, and all this, but not only deal with the Scripture, deal with, okay, what is what is the session? Who are the elders? Mm-hmm. What does it mean if I say I profess faith and I'm now a member of the church? What responsibilities do I have? Mm. Because I think we get the sense that because young people uh, are young people that, oh, well, they don't really have any responsibilities. It's their parents that should have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't buy that. Yeah. Um, I married someone who was an elder at her church at the age of 14. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jody served as an elder at the McKenzie Church. She showed such maturity level and everything. Not only did she serve as an elder, she was on the stewardship ministry or stewardship committee that they had at the church. I don't know many 14-year-olds that can do that, but there are some mm-hmm. that are that way. And so, you know, having her around as a, as a you know, kind of a case study, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we need to figure out a way to help them. So we came up with a plan, and at, and what that plan is is we, we do about an eight- to ten-week time of disciple training with them. But what we felt was important is they need to see and interact with other church members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need someone that they can talk to and someone who will reach out to them. So we look at what their what each individual youth kind of their interests are, and we try to find an adult in the congregation who shares some of those similar interests and spends time with them while they're going through the confirmation process. Now, I'll be honest and say the goal is that when we finish that process, they will have a better understanding, and hopefully they will be at a place to where they feel comfortable enough and led to profess faith and to become a member of the congregation. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always I, I – I know of at least three or four times where it hadn't, but I can also – I also know of – we've probably had – going through that process in this congregation, we've probably had probably 100 kids over the years now who have gone through it, and all but – all really all but about three or four – um, joined the church and became, you know, became members. Now, granted, you know, what happens is they go to college sure. and they get married and they move away and they change church, but they always know that they can come back. And I've had some really interesting, especially with those, that mentoring part Yeah. where, um, you know, we tried to, you know, what we tried to do was we tried to, we, we tried to go male, male, female, female, mm-hmm. but we had groups that were so big that we thought, well, you know, maybe we need, maybe it will be okay to 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 do this differently. We had a lady in the church, Miss um, uh, Betty. Miss Betty died just this past December, in fact, and she was Joe's mentor in the congregation. And I want you to know that that relationship, this was, and this was probably seven, eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And from the moment she became his mentor she became like a second grandmother or third grandmother to him. Mm. And just, I mean, their relationship was so strong that on the day, on the day that we buried her, he was one of the pallbearers for her. And it was just an, 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 a neat experience to see that. Mm. And then we have another, uh, we have a young man who's now in his last year at MIT and uh, his mentor, uh, Larry is just this, he's just a, a good old guy who likes to go bird hunting and <laughs> raise his eagles and 
and he used to work at the at the Nissan plant. And when I asked him about it, Larry looked at me like I was nuts. And I said, Larry, I really want you to do this. And he was like, I don't know. He agreed to do it. And I want you to know that from the moment that they'd done that, he went to every football game that this kid, um, he was the quarterback at one of the high schools here. And now they're going up to MIT to watch him play on a, during his last year of football at MIT. Wow. I mean, you th- those are the kind of things that you just, you know, you go, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. because there's a relationship that's always started. And, and, and then whenever we have kids graduate, inevitably, it doesn't always happen, but inevitably – uh, they want their mentors to be the one to present them with their Bible and to talk about them as they mm-hmm. uh, as they graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. So, so while the process is about getting them into the church and understanding, member, it really too is about re- being making relationships with uh, with some of these older members that, for all practical purposes, they wouldn't even be be in the midst of of interacting with. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so it sounds it sounds to me like you know part of it. I mean, there's just I mean, you have one go here, but there's so many effects of great things that are happening. I mean, bridging the gap between young and old. I mean, how fantastic is that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The other, you know, one of the other things that we have the opportunity to do, and and you might in your area too, but um, I am a firm believer that we need to to be ecumenical and and recognize that hey, there are lots of churches around, mm-hmm. and it even about one of the days we talk about, you know, talk about a church that you went to that wasn't ours and what was similar and what was different about it. But one of the things that I think is important is that we do, you know, we've got this Old Testament and, you know, there's a whole lot there that that we don't really, you know, let's be honest, we don't always preach from the Old Testament (laughs) about it, but we're very fortunate. We have a a Jewish congregation just down the road. Mm -hmm. And so at least one time during that process on a Friday night, we go down to a Shabbat service down there, wow. take our kids and the mentors and the parents, if they want to come and the confirmation kids we we'll drive down to the Shabbat service. And when that service is over, uh, it's actually a husband and wife um, co-rabbi team at this church. Uh-huh. And there we'll bring the kids up and show them the Ark of the Covenant and show them one of the original, you know, one of those Old Testament texts that, you know, written on lambskin and, and all that. Let them see what it looks like to be in Hebrew. And you could just see their eyes light up like, so this is what it was like back then. Mm-hmm. Just to see some of that stuff, you know, I don't know. We we do our best, at, at, but these this is just something extra to say, hey, this is where you came from. And and you need to know about this. You need to know about this. Yeah, yeah. So so the the the, pro, the process of the mentoring. Do, uh, do you kind of pray about? Okay, we got these these kids, and then who's going to be a good mentor for them? And then you, I guess, probably for, when they meet, sometimes they're probably having a conversation for the first time. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, when they so, so what we'll do is we'll sit down and and I'll talk with. Um, I'll talk with some of the staff. We'll sit down and just kind of go, okay, here's who we have. Who are some people that we, you know, who are some people that kind of fit? And and there are some, I'll be honest and say, there are some that we go back to over and over because they've been great mentors. Yeah. But, but we try to match them up with, with similar, you know, interests. Like we have a, we have a guy who just, who does our sound, who loves music. And, and he's been a mentor for a couple of a couple of the kids who are just so musically talented. Um, so we'll sit down and talk about that. 
And then what we do is we don't tell the kids who the mentors are until we have kind of an orientation session with the parents and the kids to say, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we're going to be doing. And then we bring in the mentors and, you know, the kids may know them, you know, they may have had interaction with them and they Mm -hmm. may not. Right. And then we put them off into other, just in pairs to go get to know each other and to really talk and to get information and exchange numbers and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, here's the deal. Here's the honest truth about it. Some mentors take it very, very seriously. As I told you a couple of, sadly, not all of them do. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, I've never had anybody, I don't know that I've ever had anybody complain necessarily, but I have had a couple of people say, I wish he would have spent, he or she would have spent more time with them. Right. But, um, but for the most part, it's been a very meaningful experience. And it does, like you said, very first time they may ever have a conversation with them. And therefore a relationship is established that never would have been established probably otherwise. Right. So when you, when you say something through this process of, of spending more time with them, like what kind of things do you encourage or do the mentors do? I know you said one guy would go to the football games and, and they exchange numbers, but do you kind of tell the mentors, Hey, try to make this go out for lunch or something like that? Yeah. We try to tell them to, to get together on time that are, you know, even if it's that, like, let's go out and shoot, you know, go out and shoot hoops with them or, um, I know that uh, there were three of the ladies who took their three girls and the six of them got together and went and did, I can't remember exactly where they went, but they went somewhere together mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, interacting with each other and, and talking about things. And, and I, while I want them to talk about faith issues, the truth is the kids are not going to ask a lot of questions about that. Right. The majority it's going to take a real mature child who's been in you know been in the church and who who really like we have one here in the church <laughs> jacob now in college but i remember jacob would be one that he, he'd come in and tell me he'd been reading about this minister uh c.s lewis is one of the people he'd read about <laughs> i looked at him and i said jacob you're in high school son <laughs> right. i know people older than you that are still trying to figure out c.s lewis right <laughs> and we just laugh about it but th- there's for every jacob there's like 14 ties who's out playing football or wanting to shoot hoops so right you know what we want them to do is just get to know them and and have the opportunity to talk about that we give them some things to talk about but i don't really know if they if they use it all or not Um, but it is hope is that they will you know just kind of connect with them and for some of them it's difficult because they have families and so they have to really make time Mm -hmm. to do that Mm -hmm. so Mm-hmm. And so they go through this, and and then um, after a certain time, I mean, the program's over, I guess. And and do y'all have like a celebration or a, a, a coming together at the end of the eight to ten weeks? Yeah, after the after the eight to ten weeks, um, of course, you know, I've given them homework. Oh, one of the things that I that I started doing with them because I knew that they weren't following through is that I always give them scripture pass scripture like a, I'll pick a book out of scripture and say, okay, you need to read this many chapters. And well, they, I didn't know if they, I could tell they weren't doing it. So I started saying, <laughs> this, this is what you've got to read. And you need to send me three questions by text uh-huh. regarding, regarding what you've read. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, and, and if you don't, then I'm going to come up with some sort of punishment. <laughs> I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be worse than your teacher. <laughs> and uh, they said, like what? I said, I'm going to make you read scripture on Sunday morning during the worship service. <laughs> and I never had to do that, thankfully. But anyway, <laughs> right. um, 
but yeah, after that eight to 10 weeks, the goal is, okay, so we do two things. First of all, that last session, I will meet with them individually and I will just ask them, are you at a place where you're comfortable and ready to profess Christ and join the church? Mm -hmm. And um, so once we have that conversation, we set up, I really, it's really easier for them to do that when there's a group a lot of times. You know, they're a little, some of them can be a little nervous. Sure. I, I, I should have started with this. I started doing this first with sixth grade, and I began to realize that sixth graders are a little bit less mature than really uh, what I wanted. So I moved it up to seventh grade. So now we start with seventh grade. Mm -hmm. and, and so like if I have one seventh grader, I may wait a year so that there's like four or five and that there'll be a seventh and eighth grade in there. All right. But, and, and I've had some, I've had one, one year I had a range range from seventh grade all the way up to, I think a sophomore in high school right. because somebody had come into the church late. Right. So, right. so th that's what the age is. But anyway, so after I meet with them, um, I, my encouragement with them is, are you ready? And if you are, uh, when, when would you, you know, cause I know your parents would want to be there and be involved and your grandparents may want to come. So we kind of talk about a date. A lot of times I do this around, uh, I try to end it around Easter mm -hmm. on Easter Sunday. We have a, a wonderful service to where we have communion and we'll have eight or nine kids join the church and just have a great day. Easter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably coming up because of COVID last year and everything. It looks like I'm probably going to start one here in probably August mm -hmm. and try to do more closely towards, um, towards Advent or Christmas, something like that. Um, and then, so we, we, that's the hope is, of course, we're going to do that and set that date up, but we always have a date set up for a celebration of completing the process. So there's really two things. There's the completion of the process. We give them a certificate. We have their mentors talk about them a little bit and just, you know, just celebrate that they've done it. And then there is later, there is not necessarily the same day, but maybe a week later or a couple of weeks later, we have that time to where if they're ready, then I want it set up ahead of time so that they have their family there and whatnot. And then we, um, you know, they'll come down and, and join the church during the worship service. Wow, that is <clears throat> that's that is really cool. I mean, I, I, I one of the things that you said is you know about the the youth and the kids is you know we 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 tend to think th that they're the future of the church. No, they are the church. They're the present. That, the, I, no, you're right. And, you're exactly. I mean, I, you know, I heard that growing up, and then when I started getting into the church, you know, started working in the church, it was it, that a lot the. And you will still hear older adults say, well, you know, they are the future of the church. They are the future of the church. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking, no, they're not the future of the church. They're a part of the church now. Right. And they have just as much to share and to give yeah. and to, as we do. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and if you're a child, mm -hmm. children are more willing to share their faith than adults are any day. Not teenagers. <laughs> But children are right, right. Well, you know, and I, and I'm I'm willing to, to 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 go out and say, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that you know, after that process of the mentoring process, uh, probably the mentors are the ones that says I learned the most. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mentors are just, you know, they come back and they go, man, did you know this about such and such? And I go, no, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, you can, and you know, mentors will will show up, but like. You know, one of them sings in the choir, and they have a choir concert. 
they'll invite their mentor to come to the choir concert. That's just, you know, yeah. just one aspect of it. And they go, man, you should have heard them singing. And she had a solo and it was amazing and da da da. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it was, you can just see the excitement and, and the joy of being a part of someone's life. Yeah. You know, you got girls. I got girls. Uh-huh. We got, we know how joyful it is when we go out when, you know, mine are now adults, but yours are still in school. And whenever I'd go to a, you know, I was a proud dad. Every time I was at a choir concert or a dance recital, sure. I wanted to be at the dance recital, but I was a proud dad nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so now there's just one more person that you get to mm-hmm. be a part of life. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Kip. And I think, you know, as we go, and I say we, everybody, we go on this this journey of following Jesus and being a better disciple. I'm, I'm just, I've just become a strong, strong believer that the best way to become a better disciple is to sit down and learn from somebody else, hear their story. No matter how old they are or how young they are, everybody is an opportunity for us to learn something about being a better follower of Jesus. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, you know, what we do with there. When we first opened the building up, we had a lot of visitors that were coming in. And I haven't done it in a while, but I used to do what I referred to as an inquirer's class. Mm-hmm. And I would have folks come in and we'd do it for about four or five weeks. And we would talk about the history of the Covenant Presbyterian Church, the history of this congregation. But we would spend one day and I would just look around. I wanted them to go around the room and said, tell me, you know, where'd you grow up in church? Mm-hmm. What was, you know, what did you do in church? I just love listening to the stories of yeah. grandma made me grandma came over and picked me up and would take me to the church and and you know and or you know i i grew up hearing about hellfire damnation and we were all yeah. going to hell yeah happen and yeah. i'm i'm just fascinated by the whole thing because that's how you uh, to me let's be honest and i know i'm talking to to another preacher but the truth of the matter is spiritual growth happens from interaction, not from listening to you and I preach on Sundays. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can glean something from a sermon. Don't get me wrong, but true spiritual growth happens when you and I can communicate when, when I can sit down with someone else and say, you know, I don't understand this passage. What do you make of it? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and what do you think Jesus says when Jesus says this and, and how do I apply that? Mm-hmm. And I think the, that's the best way for growth. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think too is, you know, you might not even agree with somebody's story, you know. Um, yeah, but absolutely. you, but you, but I think by doing that, you at least begin to understand them and respect them, which is we need, which we need a lot more of that in this world. <laughs> oh mercy, do we ever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we could, we could definitely stand for a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, I, the church has gotten. The thing that is always that I've always appreciated about the Common Presbyterian Church, and I grew up in the CP Church, mm-hmm. uh, church my home church no longer exists. Um, it it was closed a number of years ago, and irony in that was I found out about it while I was at a um, we have a, a retired minister in the church, uh, Don Tabor, and I was over at his house. I not only do I pastor a church, but I also end up becoming the uh, the church uh, technological. Uh, I'm the I'm the nerd squad for the church. Uh-huh. As a computer problem, they go, "Hey, can you come over and fix this computer?" Right. And right. so I house and we were talking, and he go, he said, "Man, the St. Paul Church just closed and sold." And I went, "What?" <laughs> and that was my home church. Oh no. Oh feeling, no. I remember the feeling of that. Oh my gosh, I don't 
I'm a, you know, it was, I used the term orphan mm-hmm. and I used somewhat jokingly, but somewhat seriously because yeah. it was like, my place is gone. The place that I called home that I, you know, back to. And I know that it was, that's just the building. The people, it was, the, I know where the people are and, mm-hmm. and they're still part of another church, a CP church and all that. But I've always appreciated the Cumberland Presbyterian Church because of the diversity of the people who are part of it. Mm. Wow. We don't all thing. Yeah. But we love each other in spite of that. And we're getting into this, we're getting into this place to where just like the world, if you don't agree with me, then you're not a part of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me a great deal. It yeah. bothers me a just bothers me a great deal. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I do too, and and I think that's why um, what, what what you're doing with your discipleship program is something that that we should all be um, emulating in some way because it, it it does put people together and does hear hear my story and hear your story because I think that's the problem with the diversity is is instead of going to someone and saying I don't understand, we just sit back and throw rocks at them. You know, and just continue to be divided. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. what I would love to do is sit down and go, you know, I'd really love to hear where you're coming about, you know, where you're coming from on this and, and what it is that um what it is that that causes you to, to think this way. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm trying to change your mind. I just want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, last night in fact, about um we had a guy who came in the a family they were thinking about joining the church and his biggest issue about joining the church, they were coming from a different denomination that didn't ordain women. And oh. he said, I want to, I want to become a member, but I'm just having a tough time with women as elders and women as pastors. And I looked at him and said, you know, you can come as often as you want. And if you ever get to the point that you're ready to join, I will o- welcome you with open arms, but we're not changing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but yeah, but we can still love and, and and we can still accept, and there's still a spot here for you, you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And somehow, now I don't know how it happened. He did end up joining, and I remember him telling me, "Well, I figured out a way I could do it that it was all right." And I went, "Really?" And I don't remember the exact wording he used, so I won't even try to remember it. But he, I just remember in his mind, he had it figured out, so it was okay. <laughs> and I said, it's "Okay with you, Fred? It's okay with me." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. That is a good story. But, but anyway, I just yeah, working with the teenagers, I have seen teenagers who grew up in the church, who were active members in the church, and who never were were posed that question, are you ready to profess your faith? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think we do a disservice not asking them, mm-hmm. and I think we do a disservice if we ask them, but yet we haven't taught them what it means. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there is a big, the, the thing is, once you profess your faith or once you become a Christian, you've made it. Well, actually, we're just starting. You know, that's, exactly. when, that's when the journey begins. That's when you need the mentors and the people in your lives that can help you. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was, that's the thing. I guess if there was a mantra that I, that, that I have is that journey is a lifetime. It's, it's a lifetime. It's not like, you know, we're, we're not in a sprint. We're in a, we're in a marathon. Yeah. And, journey of faith and i have said this over and over time blue in the face of congregation if you tell me that you have no reason to be in sunday school or no reason to do something in the church you're wrong Mm. because no one is through growing in faith i don't care if they're 102 years old yeah we can all no one has all the answers right right and the moment we got all the answers 
I got a feeling that God's up there just laughing, laughing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. The person, the person that's got all the answers is, are, is usually the most annoying person, right? <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, re- yeah. You're right. We're either moving forward and or, or we're going backwards because if we're standing still, we're going backwards. And um, right. So well, well, hey man. Dude, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. I mean, this is just what you're doing is hopefully something we can all be emulating. I think it's just you're doing it with youth, but I think it's just getting people together, having conversations, sitting down, talking, loving on each other is something we need to just do a whole lot more of to be better disciples. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kit, man, thanks again for the time. I, I really appreciate it. You bet, man. Good to talk with you. All right. You too, brother. Hook them horns. Hook them horns. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Kip is a Texas Longhorn fan. I wasn't going to air all his faults, but since he confessed, then we'll. All right, buddy. Appreciate you, Kip. Take care, man. Good to talk with you. You too. Bye-bye. That was uh, the Reverend Kip Rush um, joining us. what what's uh, what a great story and and um, ministry and and as we become better disciples. So um, thanks for tuning in. Um, follow us on Facebook. Uh, check us out at covenantchurchada dot com. Hope everyone has a great week. Bye.